بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم أما بعد باب العفو والإعراض عن الجاهلين قال الله تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم خذ العفو وأمر بالعرف وأعرض عن الجاهلين وقال تعالى فاصفح الصفح الجميل وقال تعالى وَلْيَعْفُوا وَلْيَصْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وقال تعالى وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وقال تعالى وَلَمَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرْ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ صدق الله العظيم والآيات في الباب كثيرة معلومة this chapter we briefly touched on its introduction. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah has introduced this new chapter with the heading, the chapter which deals with forgiveness. Obviously the forgiveness that is referred to here is the forgiveness in our interaction with our fellow human beings, whether they are our family members or whether they are our relatives, in other words, close relatives, far relatives then associates that you come into contact with and our fellow humanity. The overriding principle in the akhlaq and conduct of a Muslim is that when people transgress against him, hurt you, do wrong against you, some form of misdemeanor, your haq, your right is taken, then obviously you have the right to try to redress the wrong that was done. But the encouragement which Shariat gives is to forgive. And when we talk of forgiveness, what is meant very, very importantly is not to forgive on the surface, but from the heart. From the heart, to have this cleanliness of the heart, to not carry the burden, to not have this desire for revenge, to hand our affairs over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we learn from our spiritual elders this important advice that not just hand your affair over to Allah, but speak to Allah. That, Ya Allah, the wrongs that were done against me, are, when compared to the wrongs that I have done in your right over me, the right of Allah over me, the wrongs that were done against me are minuscule. They cannot even be compared to the wrongs and the injustices that we have done with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So have this in your heart that, Ya Allah, as I am letting go of the injustices of your makhluk, of your creation against me, I beg and beseech you that the wrongs that I have done against you, Ya Allah, in return for that, let go of all that and forgive me. So in other words, I will forgive your makhluk, the small injustices, the great injustices that I have done against you, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you forgive me. So this is one encouragement that is given to us by our spiritual elders and guide, that forgive from the heart. And in dealing with people, very often they will deal with us in an ignorant way, what we call the juhala or the acts of the jahileen. Here, the principle that is encouraged, وَالْإِعْرَاضْ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ Ignore or turn away from the people who are ignorant towards you. Do not accost them. Do not hold them to task for their ignorance.
The verses in the Qur'an which Imam Nawi rahimullah has brought in the introduction of this chapter, there are a few verses, four or five verses of the Qur'an. We will not go into much detail with them because they are such verses that have passed in previous chapters wherein we have discussed them already in great detail. For those that will remember, the first verse we mentioned it the other day also. I'm reiterating the point in this verse because it is a very, very important point and a nuance which the Mufassirin, the commentators of the Qur'an have brought. Where Allah Ta'ala says, Khudil af. Af means to forgive. Allah is commanding you, this is an imperative. Allah says, forgive. But Allah doesn't say, u'afu, forgive. Allah says, khudil af. Now the word khud in Arabic means to catch hold of something, to hold something, to grasp it. Forgiveness is not a tangible thing. It's not like a chair or a table or a stick that you're going to grasp it and hold it. Yet, what does Allah say? Khudilaf. The term, the same term is used. Grasp hold of forgiveness. In other words, let this become your overriding demeanor and manner. You are one that forgives. You are one that does not bear the grudge in the heart. You are the one, as we put it crudely, who lets it go. Doesn't carry this burden. Khudilafwa. Wa'mur bil urf. And with this, command that which is good. So from this there is a delicate indication of who is Allah telling to forgive? The one who is engaged in the propagation of deen. The one who is actively involved in promoting goodness. That person, Allah says, forgive. Whatever wrongs, injustices are done to you in the way of tabliq, in the way of propagating deen, in the way of bringing alive the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your satis, in your masjid, in your area, there will be those that will do wrong. They will hurt you and you will, they will misappropriate your hukuk, your rights. So in dealing with them, forgive, adopt forgiveness, enjoin good. A Muslim is one who propagates deen, he propagates good. Wherever he goes, he brings alive the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in doing this, da'wah, tabligh, propagation of deen, you will come into contact with the juhala, with the ignorant ones. There what must you do? Allah says, ignore or turn away from the jahileen, from those who are ignorant. The next verse of the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْفَحِسْ صَفْحَ jamil." So pardon, the word fa in Arabic we mentioned many times before, creates a meaning of urgency. So Allah is commanding you, فَصْفَحْ So pardon. And how must you pardon? أَصْفَحَ jamil. Don't pardon in a vengeful way. Don't pardon where you are carrying the burden in your heart. Don't pardon because you feel forced, though the circumstances are causing you to pardon. No. Asafhal jamil. Pardon in a graceful manner. Pardon in a beautiful manner. Pardon in a manner where the person whom you are pardoning is brought closer to you rather than being distanced from you. And in the tafsir of this, Mufassirin mentioned, Amilhum Mu'amalat al-Halim as-Safuh. Two very important qualities of a Muslim of the akhlaq and character of Islam, which we see resplendent 
in the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these two qualities, one of being safuh, one who lets go, one who pardons, and halim, one of being very, very tolerant. So pardon in a beautiful and in a graceful manner. The next verse of the Qur'an, وَلْيَعْفُوا وَلْيَسْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ What we referred to just now in the introduction. Allah says, وَلْيَعْفُوا I am commanding you that they should forgive. وَلْيَسْفَحُوا And that they should pardon. Do they not wish that Allah should forgive them? So when you are dealing with Allah's creation, forgive. Pardon. Allah says, I'm commanding you. Forgive. Pardon. Do you not wish that I should forgive you? Very, very interestingly, this verse was revealed. There's a shan in Nuzul. There's an incident which led to the revelation of this particular verse. It's a lengthy incident, time is limited, I'm not going to go into the details, but we all know the famous incident, what ulama referred to as waqiya ifk, where the beloved wife of Rasulullah wasallam, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, one of the mothers of the believers, she was accused, na'udhu billah, summa na'udhu billah, of grave misconduct, she was accused, slandered with zina, with adultery, that Nauzubillah Safwan radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there was some relationship. She was accused of this by Raisul Munafiqeen, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. Amongst the true believers, there were only three that got caught up in this mischief. The rest were the Munafiqeen, the hypocrites. And one of them was Mistah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Mistah was a Badri Sahabi. Sahaba who took part in Badr. So not an ordinary Sahabi. But he also made a mistake. He got caught up in this. As a result of it, he was lashed 80 whoops in public for having been involved in tarnishing the image of a true believer of the chaste Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Now, Mistah was the relative of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Not just a relative, but he was amongst those whom Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was actually financially supporting. He was very poor. And his mother used to work as the maidservant in the house of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the father of Aisha radiallahu anha. Now, imagine this. One is financially dependent on Abu Bakr, mother working for Abu Bakr, and then he was amongst those who had spread this mischievous slander against the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala. Abu Bakr radiallahu naturally, being a father, he was very, very hurt by the conduct of Mistah. As a result of which, he decided to no longer give the monthly or weekly stipend that he was spending upon Mista. This is something totally acceptable. Forget letting go of the stipend. No, a normal, normally a father would stop talking to such a person, would be extremely upset, would become violent towards such a person. Yet, yet on this occasion, 
Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse. وَلْيَعْفُوا وَلْيَسْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ They should forgive and pardon. Do they not wish that Allah should forgive them? Abu Bakr in fact doubled the amount that he was spending upon Mistah and forgave him completely on the revelation of this verse. So if a person in that kind of situation is commanded by Allah to forgive and pardon, what excuse do you and I have? Abu Bakr had every justification whatsoever to be upset and angry against Mistah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But obviously the akhlaq and character of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is the pinnacle of iman, highest iman after Anbi alayhi salatu salam. So we find that he forgave Mistah. And like I mentioned, he doubled whatever he was spending upon him. But from this we learn an important lesson that this should be our overall conduct with, with our fellow Muslims in our homes, with our family, with our staff, with our subordinates, with those we come into contact with, with our satis in the masjid. Forgive. Let it go. Don't carry the burden in the heart. The next verse of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala describes, in this is mentioned the osaf or the qualities of the muttaqin, the people of taqwa. And how beautifully Allah puts it, أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ We prepared jannat for people like this. What are their qualities? Amongst their qualities, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ What is the qualities of the people of taqwa and the inheritors and the heirs of jannat? Quran tells us, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ They are those who forgive the people, humanity. Their hearts are clean. They don't carry revenge and grudges against people. They have forgiven them from their hearts. Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. And this is a great act of ihsan and goodness. And Allah Ta'ala loves such people. The last verse in the introduction, we've run out of time, but very briefly. Walaman sabara wa ghafar. Allah says, these are the inheritors of Jannat. This is the akhlaq of Anbiya. This is the height to be forgiving. So obviously, is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be like walking on nails to let it go. And to forgive from the heart. So this is why Allah Ta'ala praises such people. It requires a very high level of sabr. And it re- requires a very high level of akhlaq and character. So Allah says, وَلَمَنْ sabar wa ghafar, Those who will have patience and forgive. Those who will have patience, in other words, they will tolerate. They will not carry the burden. ghafar, And over and above that, they will forgive. إِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ الْعُمُورِ Allahu Akbar. Look at the emphasis in this. Those of us who understand Arabic. إِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ Verily this type of conduct. لَمِنْ Lam emphasis. Min again emphasis. عَزْمِ الْعُمُورِ This is indeed from the most resolute of matters. In other words, this is like saying, like Allah Ta'ala is saying, شَابَاش Congratulations to you. If you will adopt this akhlaq. Allah give us